This is David with Corel Trainer. This is Cassie Green from Apparelist. This is Gordon Firemark from the Entertainment Law Update. And you're listening to Two Regular Guys Podcast. Hosted by Terry Combs RG, regular guy, and Aaron Montgomery. The place to be for industry news. The best dad jokes on earth, along with relevant topics to apparel decorating. Prepare for the world. All right, welcome to the show. It is Friday, January 12th, 2024. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at Our Success Group. And uh, my mission is to inspire you to build a business that you love. And uh, today, Terry, we're going to talk about a topic that, uh, you know, we, we, we've done it in, in the past, and then we were off for a little while. And But this is like one of our, our go-tos. So uh, you... In fact, I think you're still your seminar is still continuing on 52 niche markets in 52 minutes. And yeah, I'm still um, not done with them. Yeah, we're I, still not done with that yet. <laughs> so, number 27. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, so Terry, today we're going to explore creative niche markets and decoration. And we actually also have a special guest joining us today. Dane Clement's going to join us in a little bit here. Um, we're going to have him bring his uh, art brain to it i in fact on the little uh, graphic on the front there i have the art guy he, he's he's our art guy we've uh, yeah oh you need art here i got a guy all right and so uh um bring, bring in uh, uh dane in to help us and and he's also been kind of on the forefront of what's going on with ai and art and so we're gonna we're gonna get some extra perspective on this niche marketing show this uh this week here terry so i'm excited yeah, about that today definitely a new twist on, on niche markets and we are definitely the niche market guys. So yeah, uh, yeah. one of, one of our things. <laughs> hey, make sure you stay until the very end though, because uh, you're going to need to get your helping of the secret sauce. And Aaron is going to share what separates the goal setters of the world who make new year's resolutions. I'm not, I'm not done with mine yet. It's oh, okay. Just, <laughs> is there a grace period? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can wait until, you know, at the end of the year when you uh, don't get them done and then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody post, I've already screwed up 2024. I'm, I'm working on 2025. <laughs> <laughs> already gone. 2025. <laughs> but uh, uh, people uh, separates the goal setters who make those new res new year's resolutions or lofty goals uh, and don't make it to the mountaintop. And uh Goal getters who follow a special, a specific formula and become goal achievers. So that's going to be at the end of the show on Secret Sauce. So stay tuned. Yeah, ex exciting to share that with you guys. But uh, we are uh, continuing to have our wonderful news segment. And uh, as as you guys noted last week, we had uh, Adrian, uh, who's now with DTF.com, back with us. But uh, now we have our our stalwart. We'll, we'll call her Cassie. Green from The Apparelist is going to be joining us in just one moment to uh, share the news and uh, make sure you guys are checking out everything going on over at The Apparelist. Uh, continued uh, amazing work over there. But Terry, are you ready to uh, bring Cassie in here? Absolutely. Let's hear the news. Thanks, guys. Um, before I get to the headlines, I just want a one more round of applause for Aaron and his new book, Publishing and Being Available. So just wanted to say good job, Aaron. Really exciting to see that. First headline for you all this morning, and I'm sure it's one you've all been following for a while now. 
Gildan's board of directors issues open letter amidst shareholder uproar. So there, there's actually been a lot of drama this week. So let's catch up on that. So in response to a call from Gildan Activewear shareholders, which was led by Browning West for a special meeting to reorganize the board and reinstate Glenn Chimandy as a board member, the Gildan board of directors issued an open letter in an attempt to, quote, set the record straight. <clears throat> the board states in the opening letter, quote, we would have preferred to keep many of these details private, but the public misinformation tactics by Mr. Chimandy and Browning West demand a public response, end quote. Um, so the letter outlines several concerns the board had um, while Chimandy was still in the role of CEO. Then about a day after the letter was released, Chimandy issued a response. Um, now the shareholders, including Browning West, are also responding to the letter saying they now want eight board members replaced instead of the original five. There's a lot of he, he said, she said going on in this, but we continue to keep you updated on all of that. So again, head over to apparelist.com to get the latest updates. So let's do some good news this morning after that. <laughs> Seattle-based startup to break ground on cotton recycling facility in South Carolina. So you all know me, you know sustainability is like my soapbox I like to stand on. So this is a cool one. As the apparel and textile industry continues to meet the challenges of sustainability, one company is putting an emphasis on cotton recycling. Evernew, that's spelled E-V-R-N-U, is a Seattle-based advanced material innovation company working to reshape um, resource utilization and reduce the negative environment impacts of the textile industry. They announced plans at the end of 23 to break ground on a cotton recycling facility in South Carolina. Now, at the time of writing and research and all that good stuff, it's not been confirmed whether the groundbreaking has already taken place. However, we do know the facility will run primarily on renewable energy and have the capacity to create the equivalent of 80,000 t-shirts every year from recycled cotton clothing. Um, while construction will or already has begun early this year, company doesn't plan for it to be fully operational until 2025. So again, we'll keep you updated on that. Last headline I have for you guys today. This is really exciting news, and this is actually from our sister publication, Print and Promo Marketing. I'm repping them today. I don't know if you can see my cool vest. Nominations for the 2024 Women in Print and Promo feature are now open. So again, this is from our sister publication, Print and Promo Marketing. In the print and promo world, there are more women than ever before running the show, creating dynamic marketing campaigns, generating sales dollars, running machinery, and leading multi-million dollar companies. More importantly, they're guiding the new generation of women entering the workforce. So Print and Promo Marketing Magazine would like to recognize some of these women and all of us collectively here at Printing United Alliance are asking for your help in nominating standout members from the print and promo industry. So to submit your nomination for the 2024 Print and Promo Marketing Women in Print and Promo, you can click on the link that um, the guys have been so gracious to share, um, or you could also head over to the print and promo marketing website. We'd love to highlight women from varying professional backgrounds. That includes key managers, top sellers, press operators, thought leaders, members of C-suite, any outstanding woman in the field. The ideal candidate will inspire her peers, shift perceptions, and or have a demonstrated track record of success. So uh, if you know an outstanding woman, please go nominate her. That's everything I have for today for you, uh, for all you regulators.
Yeah. Thanks, Cassie. Uh, Cassie always has the best news items. <laughs> she does. She does. I, and uh, I love that uh, all, you know, it, when she was the first news item, it started making me think of like a soap opera, right? And so, you know, tune in to Perilous for the latest update on As the World Turns. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, Definitely. I have the same feeling about that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it, love it. So, thank you, Cassie, uh, once again for uh, being a huge part of uh, what's going on in the apparel world and and just leading that charge. And I love that she uh, claimed uh, the the role of uh, the sustainability side of things. I actually gave me an idea, so I'm going to reach out to Cassie here. We'll see what we can do. Um, all right, Terry. Well, good stuff there. We appreciate uh, Cassie and and uh, her bringing all that information. Make sure that you guys are getting over there to Women in Print and Promo and uh, you know nominating over there. Uh, and supporting that wonderful stuff going on. Um, let's say good morning to some of the regulators here real quick, Terry. Uh, early on this morning, we had Chuck checking in. Thanks for being here, Chuck. Good morning. And Rena Cooper. Good morning with a little sunshine there. Thank you. I love that. A little <laughs> emoji. Um, we've got Michelle uh, Novell checking in as well. So good morning to you. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, now, Terry, as uh, Cassie shared in the uh, intro, and the recorded part of the intro, the best dad jokes on the planet. How, how are you feeling? You feel like you're going to live up to that today? I'm feeling good about this one, Aaron. I'm feeling good about it. Okay. I, All right. I, I can feel Eric groaning already. So it's a good one. Then. The outline. <laughs> it's a good one. Then. All right. Good, good, good. Wonderful. <laughs> well, then let's go ahead and uh, hit that dad joke, Eric. All right, Aaron. Uh, do you know what the three hardest things for people to say are, <clears throat> to say are? No, I do not. Uh, number one, I'm sorry. Number two, I love you. Number three, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Worcestershire. Yeah. Uh, we needed the translation. Eric, where was the translation in the in phonics for us? Um, no, no. All right. Yeah, fanatically, he should have put it up there fanatically. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes. Okay. Best dad jokes on the planet. I, and and also a stated fact. So, you know, you get uh, get a little bit of both today. So <laughs> I actually got a, a dad joke, a daily dad joke calendar. So I, I might have some more ammunition. Uh, oh it was in my in my Christmas stocking. So, <laughs> all right. Well, regulators, right. dad jokes are not going away then. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go any further, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We need your voices still. We would love to have the regulators participate in our new show intros. You guys have been hearing some new ones, but there's still time to get involved. Go to decorators.inc, I-N-K, forward slash intro and read a few sentences and be a part of the show. Don't be left out. We are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys, to book a future episode or email us at info at two regular guys.com with your show ideas. And maybe it's just an idea that uh, it's something you'd like to hear about. So uh, we're looking for that as well. Yeah. If definitely. you're listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the Two Regular Guys podcast with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcast, YouTube Podcast, wherever you do your podcast listening. It's very helpful for us if you go on there and uh, do a review. And if you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and questions about niche markets. Yeah, definitely. We we want to hear what you guys are doing in the niche niche world, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> whichever I have to way you want to say. That story, Aaron. Uh, I, I was uh, Justin from uh, who owns Oklahoma Shirt Company sat in yeah. on my screen printing class here about six eight months ago, and and he started talking about niche markets. And I said, Justin, you know, we're screen printing, man. I, I that sounds uppity to me. It's it's niche markets here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yes, however you go about it, but like Terry said, it's a little uppity. So come on. Um, but <laughs> all right. Well, well, let's, let's bring our guest in here. Guest slash co-host slash art guy slash uh, you know all around great dude. So uh, let's welcome in Dane Clement to the program here. Welcome, Dane. Thank you so much for hey joining us here this morning. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. So all right. This episode is definitely going to be a, a little unique because unlike normal, where we're, we're not necessarily interviewing you, we we want your take on some things, right? We're, we want you to join in this discussion about niche markets, um, you know, being with stalls and also being kind of on the cutting edge of what's going on in AI and art design and stuff. I think that is going to give you a, a unique perspective that I was really excited to, to have you share. Um, and so... This is an episode that Terry and I have tackled several times in the past. You know, Terry is still on number 27 of his 52 and 52 minutes. Um, I don't know if anybody's shocked by that, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm at three years and 52 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dane, I, I did that seminar at, uh, at Impressions Expo and uh, a woman came up to me afterwards and she goes, well, since it took you five minutes to do the first one, I didn't think we were going to get all the way through the list. <laughs> <laughs> and that was after the 15 minutes of just introducing himself. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. All right. Well, but anyhow, Dane, we might have a few new regulators along with us here. So um, before we dive into talking about niche markets, give us, give us your uh, kind of 101, the Dane 101, you know, you quick, about your journey through the industry to where, where you're at now. Yeah. Okay. So, well, it's a very long, 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 long journey, right? <laughs> I did the artwork from my first t-shirt in 1985, man. This has been a minute. So, uh, yeah. yeah so started, always did artwork my whole entire life, really got into the cool factor, right? Where you can create artwork and put it on a t-shirt and, and I, it's been with me ever since. I mean, nice. obviously. Right. I love it. It's just a passion of mine. So yeah. uh, that's where it started. Started my own business, Great Dane Graphics, in 1991, I believe it was. Uh, and about 2012, we became a stalls company. Um, and we're going to be full on stalls. So we're getting absorbed into the mothership, I, I like to say. Right? <laughs> Beamed up. <laughs> exactly. So Great Dane Graphics is going away. So that's that part's kind of, you know kind of a bummer because I've, it's been my life for so long uh but it's still awesome because what i do every day is is still cool i'm working with a great company part of it so it's it's awesome yeah. so literally yeah. been doing the art side of the business for forever uh so yeah well and i think a lot of people kind of equate you with the you know the the education guy you know show me how to use photoshop and and some of that stuff but what I think um, people might not know, I mean, maybe they do, maybe I was just had missing this at, at first before I really got to know you. 
is you are such an incredibly talented artist too. You were last time I saw you at Printing United there, you were actually hand painting uh, yeah. a sign on the side of the booth there in stalls. I mean, so yeah, yeah you cool. you your passion for art runs pretty deep. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, you know, when right. you uh, when you talk about uh, being in the industry for so long, and and uh, I always tell people in my screen printing classes, you know, this is like Hotel California. Uh, it, here's your last chance. Once 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 we're done on Sunday, you're never leaving this industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> but let's let's talk a little bit about about what niche markets are and and, and why they're so important. So, uh, Aaron, you 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 have some comments about that. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm happy to share. Um, I'd love to get your guys' take on this too. But I, I really believe that one of the big challenges that a lot of businesses have is they try to be all things to everybody. Right? And, and then that ends up making them nothing to nobody because there's so much, I don't know, noise is maybe not the right word, but I'm going to go with that. There's so much noise out there that as a business, you're way better off just getting to be the very absolute best in your space. And ultimately that's what a niche is. It's, it's your space. It's the area that you have passion. It's the area that you have a comfort level, you know, the language, right? You, you, you can speak it. Um, you know, you find yourself doing it when you're not even quote unquote working. Right. So I think that's why it's so important to find that, you know, uh, find that place because then you can be the absolute very best known for it people come to you um and in that segment and then expand from there you know we've uh the the story i love to tell in in this regard is um the story that brett bowden from printed threads told us i don't know man must have been five years ago six years ago about how he kind of evolved right they were the band guys that's what they were going to be known for. They wait, wait, a screen printer that was in a band? What? I know, I know. Shocking, right? <laughs> but he, he wanted to be the best band guy in his space. And, and not only was he just a band guy, that was, I mean, that he narrowed it down further from that, right? He he wanted to focus on the smaller bands that didn't have the, the budget to go buy all the merch that they needed. And they were going to figure out a way to make it possible for lesser known bands to be able to have that same look as the bigger bands. And they were just rock and roll through and through, right? And um, you know, and then how that evolved into later on printing for the Dallas Mavericks uh, basketball team. Right. So I think that's to me why it's important is it gives us that ability to really kind of become known for something. And then it makes it much easier for us to to sell our business, so to speak. But yeah, that's more from the business consultant side. So <laughs> yeah. what are your thoughts on on that, Dane, the, the importance of niche markets? Well, I think it's. I think it's an obviously to what Aaron said, it's it's a perfect way to get into anything, right? So if you're into something, there's other people in the world that's going to be into the same thing. And no matter how weird or, you know, sidebar it is. Um, so I always look at it. If 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 I like it, I know there's some at least one other person someplace that's going to like it. Right. But chances yeah, are yeah. there's a lot of others, that, you know, and looking for for an outlet or a resource for it. So um uh, and the cool thing, I'm just going to bring in the AI artwork stuff in here really quick is yeah, if you're into it, you can create artwork, with it, whether you've never created art or drawn a stick man or anything <laughs> with the new apps that they got. I say new, it's probably a year or so, you know, maybe more, a little more longer than that, but uh, it's relatively new in the, in the world. And there's, there's hundreds of them. It's crazy. Y'all it's nuts. Yeah. I, you know, I think I got my hands on a handful of them that are really good and they are. And then all of a sudden something from left field comes out and like, oh man, this is killer too. So it, it's just, 
like trying to stick with them and, 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 you know, I'm trying to learn them all. Whereas most people just need to pick one and go with it because it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, but you know, and I'm, I will mention this, I'm, I'm a little bit kind of, I think it's sort of cool that, that this happened because when it comes to this, the AI art generator, mo you can get one color stuff. You can do all that sort of thing. You just tell it what you want and it's going to generate it for you. Right. No matter what niche you're working on. I'm going to say niche too there, Terry, by the way, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what niche yeah. means. <laughs> right? so, but yeah, when I generate, you know, you can generate artwork for anything, but a lot of it and most of it that you'll see is full color graphics. And I've been the full color art guy in our industry forever. And it's okay. just sort of cool to see that the whole world is just piled on, you know, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in my take for for, you know, why it's important to have that that niche market is you can own that segment of the marketplace because you know more about it than anybody else. If if uh, if you decide you want to sell into the into the the car club market, but you're not a car person, they will find you out very quickly and, and yep. lose all respect for you, lose all uh, all, all uh, desire to buy from you. But if you know more about that market than anybody else, then then you will own that that segment of the marketplace. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sharon has a question, Dane. Uh, what one do you like? Ooh, it, I like a lot of about... them, right? But yeah. there is one that I use mostly, and that's Mid Journey. Um, personally, I think mid journey is the best one I, out there, right there. And it's not, there's no free option. So I can't say, Hey, go try it for free. See if you like it. <laughs> Cause you got to pay even to try it out. It's like 10 bucks a month or something. Uh, but yeah. it's in my opinion, it's the, it's the main, it's the one to go with. Nice. Got it. There's a lot awesome. All right. Well, since, since we've already, uh, Dan's already got us going down this, uh, this Sorry. AI route. No, this is perfect. That, that, that was the whole point, right? <laughs> um, I do want to keep kind of going down that lane here for a little bit longer. Um, so how, how are you seeing people or how might you recommend people really kind of dig into AI even more to, to create a, a niche? Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> to create a niche for themselves. <laughs> well, one of one of the cool factors is like if, if you go to, you know, you don't have an account for anything, you just go somewhere like midjourney.com or there's Ideogram, there's a whole bunch, there's Leonardo AI. Uh, if you go to those websites first, if you have no, you know, no uh, history with AI stuff, go to the websites and just look around because the most times on the homepage or there's a gallery, you know, one click in, and you'll see what the world is generating with those individual apps, right? So yeah. go to Mid Journey, and you'll see the stuff that they're generating there. And to me, it's just inspiring, and it's it's the jumping off point. So start looking at seeing what everybody else is doing, and you're going to start coming up with your own ideas for your niche niche. Uh, <laughs> and you know you can Sorry, and, you mean. can build from there. So it's to me, I think it's that's the easiest way to kind of sort of get your feet wet and, and see okay. what other people are doing. Cause it, it's going right. to generate your own ideas. I can't look at three, you know, three rows down and I don't come up with 10 other, you know, cool things I want to do and try or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's really uh, kind of an inspiration, right. Of, of yeah. what you, you know, you're, you're then drawn to from, from that. Right. So is that kind of what I'm hearing? That, that's how, that's how my brain works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I may be a weirdo. Well, <laughs> you've been doing this for a long time, very successfully. So I want to do, I want my brain to work how yours works. So that's, that's <laughs> well, what we're going that's for. That's how here. I get started anyway. 
Yeah. And you yeah. know, when you said mid journey, that that's the one that I hear most from other people in our industry. They'll, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but, uh, but well, I, that's the name I keep hearing over and over again. It's, I mean, it's super powerful. It's not cheap. I mean, it's a little, probably one of the, not the most expensive, but one of the more expensive ones. Um, but it does the control and the things that it does it to me, I think it's worth every penny. I mean, I have an account. I don't remember which one, one of the pro accounts or whatever, but um, it's, it's no, there's, that doesn't mean anything. There's Dolly three out there that you can get through, you know, through Bing slash what create or something. Um, and it's free, totally free, but it doesn't do a, and it's really good with text, right? So you want to add a, I need a t-shirt design that says happy St. Patrick's day, whatever. Um, it's going to do a killer job with that. It's totally free. Um, you know, it doesn't upscale anything. You got to take what you have and then upscale it later. So there's, you know, while the AI art generators are awesome because they are hands down killer. I mean, I'm an illustrator my whole life and it makes me sick yet. I think it's so <laughs> cool. Right. I, I don't know how to bridge that gap in my brain, but it's, it drives me crazy. Right. It's unbelievable. It, I look at stuff. You can get any, any look, any style you're looking for in seconds where I know what it takes. Cause I have drawing boards. I have computers. I got canvases. I know the time and effort it takes to get the results that it gives me in, you know, 10 seconds. It'll take me a week. You know, it's, yeah. it's nuts. So it, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, Love, yeah. That's it's good killer. stuff for sure. So uh, Rena says uh, you're a very talented weirdo, Dane. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Rena. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Rena. Um, all right. Both correct. So, <laughs> so, so from here, so the other part about why Terry and I love doing these shows is, is our intention is not to say, go do this thing exactly. Like, like you were just talking about, it's about getting inspiration and then you taking that inspiration and making it part of who you are as a company, what, what your business is trying to do, who you serve, who your ideal customers are, things like that. And so the other thing we typically do in these niche market shows is then we just start listing off some ideas that we have. Um, so we've got a, a few uh, things here, but what I'd love for us to discuss here is, you know, we'll put the idea out there and then let's just go with kind of what our guts are telling us and, and how might you service that. Right. And so Dame, like how might you kind of go about um, utilizing AI in that regard or, or, or what would you sure. do with that particular niche? You know, say, same thing for sure. Terry and I. So okay. I'm going to start us off if that, if right. that sounds good. Um, Terry, does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go. I'm, I'm just running with stuff. So, you know, you, you guys got to rein me in if I'm getting too far away. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start with pet lovers, you know, kind of things like customized pet themed apparel, maybe accessories, you know, collars, things like that. Home decor for pets, uh, pet beds. It, the interesting part about the pet market to me is that it seems like people will actually spend more money on their pets than their kids. Just yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty interesting market. So Terry, what, wh wh I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind here, yeah. wh wh where would you kind of head with this idea? Like what kinds of opportunities you see there? You know, I, I actually have a story the, there was a, a gentleman, this was a couple of years ago. Um, he, uh, he's a photographer and he photographs dogs and cats and, and, he says, I'm not, you know, I'm just not like a local photographer. I, I, I'm on the cover of all these pet magazines all the time. And, and he said, but I want to offer something else. So he actually bought a direct-to-garment printer so he could take those pet 
those pictures that he was taking for the magazines and put them on t-shirts because he goes, he says, you know, these folks will buy anything that has their pet on it. So yeah. <laughs> that's well, my best example of, uh, of pet lovers. And, and yeah, it, 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 you're, you're correct. I think um, they, they would spend more on their pets than their kids and possibly love them more. <laughs> Especially when their kids are teenagers. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like you're talking from experience, Dan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I had two. One gave me, you know, fits. But yeah. so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, um, I'll add a little bit to the pet thing. Right. So um, I have a I love pets and I love all pets uh, except cats. Okay. Sorry for you cat lovers out there, but I'm like, it's my kryptonite. I'm so allergic. If I if I'm in the house, my son's got a cat. I go in there, see my grandkids, and I can't stay inside for ten minutes. I mean, I'm just blown up. You know, it's it's nuts. But you know, I love it so much. I have a DanesPaintedPets.com website, and I do custom pet portraits, right? Watercolors, boards. So I mean, I'm totally in it. I that's a super cool niche. Uh, you know that I, I, you're right. People do spend money. It's yeah. a it's a great place to be, and yeah. now you can with the AI stuff. If you don't do original artwork like me, you just generate it in whatever style you want, and you know apply it to something and sell. So it's pretty amazing. Okay, yeah. permission to to tell another dad joke. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I love me. Do you do you know uh, how you can tell that the Earth is not flat? How you flat earthers out there? How you can tell it's not flat? Because wow. cats would have pushed everything over the edge by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Eric. I like it's just, it. His <laughs> neck's got to be sore by now. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, so I love it. So Betty from Shore Life Creations said, pet lovers and grandma, grandmoms spend money. Grandmoms will spend money on their grandkids for sure. And then Kim Johnson uh, said facts about the, the cats, I, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> and then she said, just ask Paisley Joe, which is uh, the, the uh, uh, ruler of the, the home, I believe, right? <laughs> exactly. And the name of Kim's company, Paisley Joe Designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, one other that. thing about this, Terry, sorry, is before we, we get off, because, and, and what Dane was talking about, right, you can you put them in any style or design. I've seen a lot of people then kind of take this into a, a merch uh, kind of scenario where through using some AI or some automation tools or things like that, you know, get a picture of a, a pet. Now, now, Dane knows from his Dane's Painted Pets, right? Like I sent him a picture of my dog and she's a, a black cockapoo it's just a black blob. Right. And it's like, he's like, can you get me something better? I'm like, uh, she's not photogenic. I'm sorry. You know? But the reality is, you know, you've, I've seen some cool stuff. Like um, there was a company that I used to do some printing for and they made socks with your pet's picture on them. And they would just kind of do that. They'd cut out the head, put a white border around it and then lay that out as kind of like a, a collage on the socks, you know, so that heads are all kind of all over the place. And it looked cool and they would sell the living snot out of these things, you know, it, everywhere uh, all the time. So, you know, just again, think how you can get into. So it's not just, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff for pet lovers, right? It, it could be a certain breed of dog or it could be to that point where I just make socks, right? And that have pets on them. And, you know, and then that could evolve into other things. But I think the whole idea for me of niche markets is get down to that finite let me become the very best well-known for this and then expand. So hopefully. You know, in, in along those lines, uh, Kim's son, Mason, uh, has a uh, has swimming trunks with Bobo, the, the other dog here. 
his face <laughs> all over the swimming charts. So. There you go. So it's amazing what we'll put our, our pets' faces on, right? So <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a plus size mini Yorkie or mini uh, Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, before we get off pets, though, I do yeah. Make sure you guys go over to Dane's painted pets, though. It's it's some cool stuff. I love the look of it. Um, and then Dane also does have you know maybe it's not maybe you just want to get you know that breed of dog. I know you've got some of that stuff over there too, right? It, just kind of the merchandise, yeah, prints and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, what's next, Terry? Well, uh, next one will be local sports teams uh, and, you know, merchandise for teams, schools, band clubs. This is this is perfect for those uh, for the online stores. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult to get the uniforms. I mean, you, you can do you can do the, the little leagues and things like that, but you're not going to sell uniforms to the local high school. But where the money is 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 the moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa and so uh again back to kim's paisley joe design she sets up stores for all kinds of different teams and and clubs uh in schools and, and the people buying all that merchandise are um are the the parents and the as they said and the grandparents and cousins and folks like that so that's a, that that that's a great marketplace just selling the auxiliary merchandise for sports teams yeah yeah well how about, how about you dane well let me I think dane, i'm gonna throw this yep. to dane actually if you don't mind because i i want to go i remember terry when you and i were at us screen right when we were selling the fast films the color separation software and we were talking about the fact that you know you you could take and stop doing those single color you know kind of boring uh mascot type stuff and you can get into doing more full color stuff through that right so i mean that's that's I don't want to say it. That's 20 years ago that we were talking about that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I remember at that point, right. And then we were, we were color separating Dane's artwork and, and utilizing that to kind of show off how cool here's that mascot. Right. So, so Dane, you saw it even back then, right. Where, where full, oh, yeah. full color comes in and, and how have you seen that progress then in that sports market? So I, I, it just kept going. Right. So it's, yeah. I've always, I said this quite a bit. It's like, the market finally came to me, right? Because <laughs> I was the one guy on an island in the middle of nowhere That's doing printing, work. creating, you know, separating full color artwork, right? So if you had a full color design that we did for you, we would separate it, send it to the to the printer and that sort of thing. So yep. I was always in that space. And then now DTGs come along and, you know, DTFs and that. Welcome to my island. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice here dan i, I really enjoy it it's, it's right? colorful and pretty <laughs> so yeah full color is uh is here and it, i that's my I, that's my favorite part of the whole thing i just yeah. cool i dig it yeah yeah and and so from you know i know at stalls you guys obviously do a lot of stuff with with sports and and schools and and that kind of thing too i mean what what have you seen there as far as people kind of creatively evolving uh niche markets in that realm so, uh, well, quite a bit, right? So there's uh, the DTF, um, direct-to-film transfers, is a is huge. And in that space, full color comes into play because you can, it applies at, you know, low temperatures. It can go on athleisure, polys, and all the stuff that a screen-printed something or other would melt, you know, that, that sort of thing. DTGs aren't really built for it. You know, they're built for cotton, you know. So there's, it's just opened up a whole new world of uh, full color graphics again, which is, um, you know, I, I think super cool. And uh, yeah, I would imagine that would be the best answer to that, right? That's yeah. the direction that I see. 
Okay, cool. I love that. Yeah, thank you for that. Excellent. All right. Well, Terry, you want to take a quick break here and, um, yeah. and then we can come back and, and dig into some more. We've got quite a few more. Also, before we do that, that quick break, those of you guys that are tuned in live right now and that are commenting, share yours, right? What are some ideas that you guys might have? This is again about bringing that creativity to each other so we can kind of be inspired just because, you know, you share, I'm doing this. The, the idea here is I'm not going to then go and take and run that with that. I'm going to say, Oh, cool. How can I, put that into what I do, right? I'm going to put my spin on that and do that a little bit differently. So, And, and um, by the way, no one's going to steal your idea yes. <laughs> <laughs> because every time somebody in one of my seminars raises their hand and says, well, I don't really want to talk about what, what I'm doing because it's the greatest t-shirt idea ever. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've already heard it 20 times this year. Right. <laughs> seven people doing the exact same thing. It's all good. Yeah, though. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, as, as Cassie mentioned, I'm, I'm really proud that, uh, this thing is, I can actually put it in my hand and also thanks to Dane, this is his artwork <laughs> here, by the way. Um, so uh, if we could, uh, Eric real quick, just run a, a quick note on that. Hi, I'm Lewis Montgomery. I want to tell you all about my dad's new book, the fundamentals of business success. He wrote it to have small business owners like you fall in love with your business. Hey, thank you, Lewis. Yes, that's right. I was just tired of watching these small businesses be overwhelmed, just struggling and ultimately underpaid because they just didn't have a strong foundation to build off of. They were trying to create their business the way somebody else created their business and they were never going to catch up. It's not just about making money. It's about having fun and building something you're truly passionate about. My dad's new book breaks down everything into a 13-step cycle with plenty of practical applications so you can start taking action right away. Grab your copy at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. Whether you're just starting out or looking to spice things up in your current business, this book will become your guide. Don't miss out on your chance to get this book at the introductory price, only available at OurSuccessGroup.com forward slash FBS book. Thank you, Lewis, for that uh, wonderful thing. <laughs> and thank you, Dane, for the, uh, the, the awesome artwork. I, I believe AI was uh, utilized a little bit. It in this was as well. a little bit ideas for sure. Yeah. 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 Love it. Love well, it. Hey, what about my contribution when uh, when you were telling me about the book and I gave you one of these thumbs ups? That, that was that was the that was what tipped it over the edge, Terry. No, I I reached out to you privately and, uh, and, and shared my appreciation both you and Eric and all of your support uh, means, means the world to me. Um, OK, guys, so let's keep going here. Um, Cassie mentioned in her new segment, the, the sustainability, uh, part that she's the very near and dear to her heart. Um, I think that there are some, um, I, I think that there's a, a niche there though, right? Eco-friendly, sustainable apparel, uh, products for environmentally conscious consumers. Um, it's no longer just a, a buzzword. I think we've talked about that pretty heavily on this program, um, and it might not, you know, there could be a, a niche there where it's, you know, it's sayings that are about being uh, aware and, and stuff like that. And, um, but I, I think it goes a little bit beyond that to where it might be, you know, some people might consider that a little bit greenwashing when you're just talking about sustainability, you're not really doing anything about it. Um, but kind of focusing their business around that, you know, many times it, that will also go hand in hand with uh, ethically sourced products and and that kind of uh knowing the chain all the way back um in fact i i 
was going to go look it up, but didn't ran out of time. But we had a gentleman uh, named Reagan from Fed by Threads on with us. I mean, this is probably 18, 17, something like that, 2018, 2017. And and that's how they built their niche was was around sustainability and ethically um, sourced products and whatnot. And so he was he talked openly about th that being a challenge, right, where the costs were higher. And, and so he had to find the right customers that that was important to. So what, uh, what's your guys's take on, on that? Uh, Terry, you look like you got something to say. <laughs> I, I always have something to say, but yeah, I think, uh, and, and I think it's more than a buzzword now. I think it's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people are looking for those types of products. So I would be all about, you know, that hang tag, uh, that, that talks about, you know, uh, the, how it was produced, uh, you know, all made apparel comes to mind, you know, uh, talking about the reduction of water consumed because, uh, you know, who knew how much water was consumed to make one t-shirt. And, uh, but, but I think, yeah, promote it, uh, put it, put it on a, on the, on the next label that, uh, you know, that, and, and, and even to the point where, uh, these, uh, these products were printed on repurposed uh, equipment. We had somebody on the show just recently talking about mm -hmm. and promoting the fact that we took that press and and it was sitting in a corner and and we repurposed it to do this and and talk about it. So, uh, how about you, Dane? Yeah, I think finding suppliers that do the same, right? So uh, it's it's I do think. It's, it's an awesome thing to strive for. Right? And, and, and I try to do it myself, right? As much as I can. I think it's a little difficult and, I, and I'm sure time will fix this, but to how do you give back? How do you, instead of throwing the misprints away, the old shirts, whatever, right? What do you do with those other than donations or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But how can you, what Cassie mentioned today, the, the recycled cotton sort of thing, right? Yeah. So if we, because I know for a fact, I got a storage unit that has a boatload of new stuff that I'll never use, old stuff <laughs> that I don't know what to do with, you know? Uh, so we have all that stuff. What do you do with it? I, I haven't, I don't know of a single source or a certain place. Hey, I got this to donate it to the recycle uh, side of the world, right? Uh, it would be interesting to see, I guess, more of that. You know more like where can I, where can I go to source my stuff? That's pretty easy. Uh, but w now that I have a bunch of you know whatever's, what can I do with them uh, to help push it back so it's reused again? Because uh, rather than if I throw it out, it's just going to go to the landfill in my area. It's not going to yeah. go anywhere else, right? So what what are the other opportunities? I just think. Um, and, and that like plastic cell print will still be there in the landfill a hundred years from now. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it'll be gone. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Eric uh, kindly went and found that uh, episode of Fed by Threads. Uh, he put a link in there so you can check that out if you want to uh, go back and, and listen to that. Um, okay, Terry, what's what's the next one on the yeah. list here? Okay, I'm going to divert from the outline that you so graciously put together for us. Okay, perfect. Um, how about totally, totally unique niche markets? And I have one for you. Um, okay. And, and when, when I talk about niche markets in my screen printing classes, I have a picture that a slide that pops up of a forest fire. 
because I have had not one, not two, but three people come to your. <laughs> Wait for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm going to be the first guy to create artwork for it. Come on. All right. So I've had three people come to my screen printing class who raised their hand and said, well, I can't have a unique niche market. Uh, my market is forest fires. And I'm like, the first I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and three different screen printers, West Coast, all of them, that when there are forest fires in, in Washington, Oregon, California, they pull up with their truck and trailer and their generator, and they are screen printing shirts, not for people fleeing, for firefighters that say, say I fought the Canyon Fire 2023. And uh, I actually had a firefighter come when I was talking about this in class, and he said, oh, I go out there every, every uh, uh, fire season, and people that firefighters will line up across the parking lot to get that shirt because they want to identify with, with that event. And so it, it's a totally unique marketplace, but, uh, and I'm not recommending to anybody go do this because if the wind shifts, I don't want you calling me saying, Hey, you owe me for my trailer. <laughs> but, but, um, and, and when we were talking before about owning a niche market, the last person that, that raised my raised their hand, she goes, I can't believe you have this slide because that's what I do. But but I I uh, I know the secret of this market. And, and that's that's the thing about niche markets. No, you know, the secrets. I'm like, well, will you share what the secret is? And she goes, yeah, I, I don't mind at all. My day job everybody out there listening, my day job, I work for the company that makes the chemical they drop on the forest fires. And, and I said, so how does that make, make a, you know, how's that a secret? And she goes, they tell us before they tell anyone where the firefighters are all going to gather. So we don't drop chemicals on them. And she goes, so I know before anybody, I wheel in with my truck and my trailer before the firefighters get there. I'm like, you know what? That that is the epitome of of knowing your niche market, you know. So anyway, anybody have any other unique? I, I know it's out of left field because it wasn't the outline, but any any other unique marketplaces? Dang, so, go ahead. I don't know. This, this is not unique, but I think this is a really easy place for people to kind of get started and sort of find one. You know, so I live in a New Orleans area, and there's if you do local to you stuff right there's mm. so much here i could i could fill a year right so, i mean you know mardi gras season's about to roll through so you know that's a big thing down here crawfish season's behind that and we get festivals all the time you know it, it there's always something cajun food swamp tours i mean you name it you can do it here so if there wherever you live in the world there's got to be something similar if you know if it's just one river outlook and that's the only thing your town's got that's something that nobody else in the world or country is going to have. Right. So I, yeah. it's a, I think that's probably the easiest place to kind of get your brain started because you're going to see it every day. If you live there, I mean, it's part of their, your world. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a big uh, thing yeah, here think, anyways. You know, yeah. my, for instance, my daughter is pregnant, right? She's due in March. Can't wait. Uh, well, my wife buys her a sweatshirt from a local lady that says, uh, I have the baby which is, you know, that's a king cake thing. So it's got a king cake on it and it's got a little baby on it. And it's, you know, it's for expected mothers. And that's cool. <laughs> that's a super yeah. cool niche, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> anyways. 
I've I've always found whenever a decorator, screen printer, or, or otherwise will actually buy the shirt, there's something to that, right? Like <laughs> like that's that you tie into something like that, <laughs> right? Because um, yeah, you actually, as you were saying that, Dan, you actually got me thinking. Um, there was these two ladies that wrote a book about um, St. Louis, a children's book. It's called Good Night St. Louis, and you know they have um, a, a local illustrator drew a whole bunch of things for the book you know the you know the, the arch the bush stadium all, all that the stuff that st louis is known for and so they had their book but then they took and then they made merchandise out of all those illustrations and so it was you know you get a, a baby blanket you get um an right. ornament for your tr christmas tree cool. you get a t-shirt etc 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 so i think that's a fantastic idea dane um Man, I'm, I'm I'm trying to rack my brains because, uh, yeah, I think that's something completely unique. Um, Terry, you're always really good at that because you get those cool stories from your your customers out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you say that about when a decorator buys a T-shirt, uh, the last T-shirt I bought I bought was in Jerome, Arizona, uh, at Haunted Hamburger. And I thought, oh, I've got to have a shirt that says the Haunted Hamburger on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um it, it's just a very very unique kind of thing and uh so anyway just uh, okay all right just as an aside i love that i love that okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna you guys did a great job on that i can't come up with a, a good one so you guys will have to let me off the hook here for a that completely like, unique one feel kind of i love it i love it no, uh, I, I thought <laughs> and we got some good good talking points there here um let's see here uh, Ramona, uh, going back and talking about, you know, getting rid of the, the shirts and the recycling and stuff. She said there's a company out there that is using recycled garments to make insulation and even bricks. Uh, and then she says, personally, she donates to my local men's shelter. Um, sure. I think that's a great idea. I, I know when I was working with the print-on-demand company, you know, they were making these fleece uh, blankets. And, you know, when you're putting out a thousand plus blankets a day, there's a few that don't make the cut, right? And so we had mounds and mounds of these blankets everywhere. In fact, I have some of the misprints at home that we just use. But um, what we found is we took them to the the local um, animal shelters because oh. it's perfect for them, right? The, 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 and and since they're just kind of free and they're not like any sentimental value, instead of like trying to wash them all the time, they just throw them out and open the next bag. And, and so, um, yeah, that's a great Very idea. Cool. Um, all right, let's see what else we got in here. Michelle says, my son was a wildland firefighter before he became a city fireman. And, and yes, they sell. Back it up your story there, Terry. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Yosta says, uh, we do most all of the dog shows in Sweden. So, oh. Yosta, what, how, does that, how does that kind of look for you specifically? Like when you say do the dog shows, are you taking pictures or you already, you already have artwork prepared? Um, you know, what, what makes that really unique for you? I, I'm very curious what, uh, what you do over there. So, and then, or yeah, um, you have shirts that have a Yorkie on it or great Dane on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dane, you know, uh, whenever I, I mentioned, I always mentioned you in my screen printing classes as a reference for, for art training. And, and I always say, it's not about a dog. <laughs> it's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> The the great Dane. All right. Um, lawn lawn winter says always good stuff, gents. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to the next one here. Um, so we can get through a couple more before we run out of time. But um the, the next one I had on the list here was kind of art and creativity. Um as Dane was talking before, he says, you know, even if you've never drawn a stick figure, 
like I haven't drawn one well, you know, so <laughs> that that's me, but I still feel creative. Right. So like merch inspired. Um, but there are people like Dane out in the world that, um, are really good at the drawing and, and whatnot as well. So I think there's a market there and maybe, maybe you're not the one creating the art, but this is what I, um, what I do is I go out and I look for those folks and then we say, okay, let's put your art on, you know, I want you to be able to sell more than just this print. How about a mug? How about a, you know, when, yeah. when face masks were a thing, you know, putting their art out on face masks or, um, or ornaments, you know, we do a bunch of ornaments and things like that. So that's kind of a niche where you kind of go after that, where you've got a community of people that are, are following something. And, and so, I don't know that 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 was where I wanted to head. What what's your good Dane? I'm going to start with you this time. What how do you how do you see that? I mean, Dane's painted pets is a great example of that for sure. But um, what else you got? Well, uh, actually, I, I would probably I'm just going to steer it a little bit more to the art side, right? So yeah, to, please to dig in with what you said. You don't do the, you know, you haven't you know draw. And most people don't that sort of thing. But if, if you know how to describe, I think uh, this is one thing I do think. I think if you're an author, Terry, I know a guy. Um, and you can, you wrote, you write books, novels, the whole thing, and you're describing the scene and just like anybody that's ever written, I mean, written, read a book. Cause I've never written a, well, written my books, but yeah, that's not cool you have. Harry's books, but you know, if, if you've you ever read a, read a book <laughs> and then you go see the movie, you totally, you're just totally let down, right? It's never as Dressing good as the book. Are. So what does that mean? That means if you're a killer author, you're creating just the whole scene in your head. And that's what you got to do for AI stuff. I mean, you go to an AI, here's my prompt. Okay, what do I want? Well, I don't know. And I'm going to, you know, I want a t-shirt graphic. I want a comma. And I'll, you know, you just, I just start plugging away like a chicken scratch because that's how I do it. But if, if you're get any skill set as with words, um, you're going to be a killer artist moving forward in the future because that this, the descriptive language, especially now, like a version six of mid journey, it's really good at that. Uh, it's going to help you dial in your artwork even better. Now, one caveat to the AI artwork is you don't have to have any skills whatsoever. You can create beautiful, absolutely killer, you know, images, uh, but you still have to upscale it. Some of the software does it inside of itself but it'll cost you, I don't know, tokens or hours or whatever sometimes to use it. Um, and there's free upscalers and stuff like that. Um, you have to remove things off the backgrounds. Mm. Some of the apps will do that, but they do a really crappy job. I'm just <laughs> uh, and there's very few that do that, by the way. Uh, and then, you know, you still have to be able to create, re remove the backgrounds and create the artwork and or the text around it. Now, there's some that do text as well, but you're going to find that it's like pulling a handle on a, slot machine you think you got something let's see what happens you pull it and bing 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 boom yeah. nope. <laughs> so you pull it again right or you pick one and you you know so that's the cool it's a it's it's fun it's fun to work with but you you need a few skill sets or a few skill you know things to learn um but once you have that then there's no stopping it and it's not hard to do in fact i can be teaching on it uh, next week in long beach you know so, um, yeah, if, if you're going to Long Beach, come check me out at my class, by the way. So, yeah, there you uh, go. But yeah, you just need a couple of things to know how to do. And after that, you're off to the races. You don't need right. art departments. You don't need illustrators. That's hard for me to say, but <laughs> it is the, the, the real deal. 
it sounds like you have to you have to have the eye of an artist though because you know some people will look at a, a crappy piece of art like you're like groaning and think oh that's cool i'll put that on a shirt <laughs> so those of us well, that use comic sans right is that what, it, what it's all about <laughs> yeah, <everybody laughs> <in> comic sans <laughs> but um well along the lines of niche markets here too you know, sometimes you choose the niche market, sometimes the niche market chooses you. And in my example, about 10 years ago or so, I was, uh, uh, somebody had bought a, a direct-to-garment printer from me out in California. And about a year later, uh, I was talking to him and he said, yeah, you know, this local artist came in and said, you know, I do all these art fairs, but not everybody wants to spend $500 for my painting. Can you put it on a shirt for me? And and he did. And like a week later, all these other artists are calling him up saying, hey, I was at this art fair and Jane told me that you did those shirts and can you do shirts for me? To the point where that was virtually all he was doing was doing shirts for artists of their artwork and for a director garment printer. How easy could that be? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's already right. perfectly beautiful artwork. And uh, and so that niche market found him so that's the way it works sometimes your your best laid plans uh sometimes divert off to the left or to the right <laughs> yeah so did he take the rectangle of the canvas and just print it on a shirt or did he do some uh, sort of edge treatment i mean you gotta man you gotta sex it up a little bit yeah <laughs> square box on a shirt you know what i mean I, I will i will have to confess i never actually saw any of the shirts he was just uh, <laughs> about it so but he yeah. was selling a lot of them so he yeah. must have but, but you're right dan i mean yeah I, I think that is kind of what, again, makes you unique. And I think makes what we do unique, right? Because you talk to people about what we do and they don't quite understand the nuances of it, right? Everybody just thinks we're going to slap color on a white right. thing, right? And it's easy, but you know, you don't want to just slap a, a box onto a t-shirt, you know, it, like you said, you got to get some edge treatment. You got to get it. A, so that that's where I think also becomes you know, why people would come to us. Right. So, okay. That art idea. Okay. But I, I can take that. And now I can say, okay, cool. You do the art. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to make it look awesome on a shirt though. Right. right? That's, that's my right. niche. That's my expertise. So um, I think that's a really good point. So, all right. right. Um, let's, let's see here. Uh, Yosta, I'm going to try to, to read through this here real quick so bear with me but he says oh, we had a trailer and later a bus with embroidery by demand and lots of pre-made sublimation mugs bags and so on but now it's too expensive to get a spot so we bring the customers to us instead so there we go i uh, like that and then uh, rena says your class is sold out in long beach dane so you're you're popular oh, guy. good that's great there you go <laughs> <laughs> Um, they, so for those of you that want to get in, just find me in the hall hallway or something. Yeah. That, <laughs> he, he knows the guy, him. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, do, do we got time for one more? Do we want to try to tackle one more? Should we, we uh, a, save a it for one. the next minute of the 52 minutes? <laughs> well, uh, the next one that, that we have here on the list is, is geek and fandom. So, and by that, we mean, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, uh, and then unique merchandise. And, and, and I have a story. <laughs> no way. Is anybody nah. shocked? <laughs> no, I, I know, I know a screen printer. He's totally into like fifties and sixties monster movies, Frankenstein and, and Dracula and son of Frankenstein. He's totally into that. So he goes to events 
where they have screenings of these. They'll, they'll do a Saturday and they'll screen three or four of these movies. And he sets up his table and he has all these monster shirts from the, from the fifties and sixties. And, and uh, so he ties his, um, his passion into his business. So he goes there, he sells shirts and he, he gets to hang out with all of his, uh, all of his like-minded uh, folks. So that's, that's, that's my quick story. Quick story, nice. Well, Dan, what about you? What you? Well, to jump on right on top of what, what you just mentioned there, like the old fifties movies and that sort of thing. If you're going to create your artwork with AI for for that, you literally put that in the prompt, right? I want a. It don't matter what it is, you know. I want a Frankenstein monster in the styles of 1950s, you know, campy B movies and whatever. You you describe those kinds of things as you're generating in your prompt. And that's how you create the artwork for it. So if Perfect. you got if you got some, you know, you mentioned fantasy, you can do the same thing. You can put D and D for Dungeons and Dragons style. You can do anything like wow. that becomes a descriptive component of your prompt, and that's what makes it magic. Well, see, yeah. I tried that D and D thing there, and and it just came up with a picture of a twenty three year old guy sitting in his grandma's basement. So <laughs> 23 or 43, I was wrong. Yeah, 43. Uh, probably. I think there's some of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really well, try it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take a little little different angle on this one. Um, and I know I've said this before, but I think I will keep beating this drum because I, I do think that as as decorators, there's and I know some decorators are already kind of serving this niche, but um the when you think of geek and fandom, I'm kind of thinking about the fandom side of things. Influencers are now who we're looking to, right? And they're the new stars, right? Maybe it's not a movie star or a sports star anymore. I mean, in in my 12-year-old's world, uh, this guy, Mr. Beast and Mark Rober and some of these YouTube guys who in the the regular world have really not done much yet now. Uh, they're They're getting more into mainstream, but Okay, so there's there's those guys, right? And they're they're probably you know kind of creating their own merch program, and and uh, you know when you're making millions of dollars a month is what Mr. Beast makes on his stuff, right? Yeah. Crazy. Um, it's it's a different world, but guess what? Everybody else out there that's putting stuff up wants to be an influencer, and so they want to have their own merch, but they can't afford to you know inventory, right? So. Again, using what Dane's talking about. Okay, describe what you want it to look like. Put that into the prompt. Have some AI work. Say, oh, cool. Now I've got merch for you. Let me handle everything for you because that's the other side of it. They don't want to. They don't want to touch it. They just want to sell the merch. They want to say, go to this link, and you know, sure, they're going to want to make a little bit, but they they really don't care that much about how much they're making off of it. They want it to to be known as you know. Here's and then they want to wear their merch, right? So. Um, I think that's a great niche is to to be that service for people. You take care of the shipping. And like you said, you know, you could set up an online store, however that works. I mean, I, I think there's a huge market there that's completely untapped because we're all looking at the people at the top of that influencer mountain. It's the people in the middle that have a little bit of a community, but don't have the resources to create it themselves right. that us as decorators can get in there and really help and support them. So. That'd be, and you know, for our industry, it's a whole different, uh, it's a whole new niche in the industry because I probably talked to four or five decorators that exclusively this is what they do. They do merchandise for influencers online. So, yeah, cool. That's there. Love it. Niche Love in the it. marketplace. 
Okay. Um, so Betty says, uh, should should we upgrade to version six? Asking for a friend. Danny, you have an <laughs> answer to that question. Uh, so you can try both, actually. Um, I will tell you this. They're like, I'm assuming she's meaning, she means, uh, you know, a mid journey from 5.2 yes. to the version six, right? So uh, I've actually changed my my prefixes. So, I mean, my suffixes. So I can, pre I prefer them give me both. So if I'm going to generate a cat with a hat, it's going to give me a 5.2 and a six at the same, not at the same time, but yeah, I guess, you know, it's going to crunch yeah. them both every single time I hit go. Takes a second because you got to hit another button, but I can compare the two. So uh -huh. a lot of times 5.2 is still better if you got a style that you've, you know, you like or something like that. Uh, and so try them both at the end of your prompt, hit a space, hit a dash dash, you know, and then put the uh, V hit a space and put 5.2 and hit go. And it's going to generate it in that and do the same exact thing at the end, dash dash V space six and hit it again. And you'll, you'll be able to compare the both. So mm, interesting. Look at that. You don't, have, you don't have to live with one or the other. You can bounce around. Leaving us with a awesome golden nugget, right? Man, just hopefully you guys stuck around. I, I saw that we had uh, 20 viewers before and we're down to 18 right now. So those two just missed out on something magical. Um, <laughs> fortunately for them, it's recorded. Okay. Jane, I know you've got uh, places to be here. And we so, so appreciate your time joining us here today. Um, yeah, thanks before we let you go though, can you share any, any news, maybe, you know, any secrets about things that are happening? It's just a, amongst friends here. We'll, <laughs> we'll ask Lon afterwards anyhow, but, um, no, <laughs> no what, what's going on over at stalls, anything that you could share and then anything going on over at uh, daneclement.com too. I don't know if we so, talked about that. Uh, much well, I mean, there's all kinds of things going on, uh, all over the place. Right. So nice. with daneclement.com, it's, uh, it's, it's being adjusted, right? That's how you find me. Um, you, Cause you can't really find me on stalls, you know, I'm, I'm with stalls, but I don't have a, a thing, an area or any of that sort of thing yeah. yet. But, uh, so yeah, that, that, I mean, that's one way to find me anyways. Uh, and yeah, so there's, um, what else? I mean, I got a lot going on with at the show next week. That's just going to kick us off for the full year. So, uh, gotcha. I'm looking okay. forward to a, a bunch of training. So, okay. All right. And then people can, can also check out daneclement.com and yep. um, stuff happening there. Anything uh, new there that uh, we should be aware of? Uh, not yet, because I'm this close to finishing my my uh, dye sublimation book, the artwork for it. Uh, okay. It's all done. I'm I'm almost finished with like proofreading and reading through the final stages. So, but it's one of those. You know what it's like, Terry. Oh, I do too, man. I do. <laughs> I do too. To the first I mean, one. Yes, Terry and I both know. That's so much work. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned. Make sure you're, you're following Dane in all those places. And, and again, Dane, thank you so much for your time here today. It was a uh, great, thanks, great man. having you on. And, and thanks for all. Yep. Good. Dane, right. I'll see you next week. Hey guys. See ya. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's always, always fun having Dane around. Uh, Whenever we have Dane on the show, it's like we could sit here for eight hours and just keep talking, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we have done that, right? The 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 after hours uh, sitting at a bar. Um, there may have been that much time spent. Uh, and and the great part is the conversation is the same at the end as it is at the beginning. Just just fun and and uh, and good yeah. stuff. So um, thank you very much, Dane. All right, Terry. Well, I know you guys are heading to uh, impressions here pretty quick. But what else is on your calendar 
That's yeah, next well, week, tomorrow I, <laughs> I have <laughs> my screen printing class here in Phoenix tomorrow and Sunday uh, at Workhorse Products. Um, there, wow. We do have a couple of spots open because nice. we had a couple of folks from the Midwest who can't get here because of the weather. <laughs> so yeah. uh, my Chicago class at Atlas Green Supply will be uh, March 9th and 10th. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I'll be in the Equipment Zone booth at Impressions Expo next week in Long Beach. Uh, I'm going to be hosting a Q&A on Saturday featuring Mel Lay, Stan Banks, and Zach Acorn. Uh, I'm I will be in uh, Atlantic City for Impressions Expo uh, coming up uh, on Friday, March 22nd. I'll be speaking on everything you've heard about DTG and DDF printing on the internet is wrong. And you can find out about all of my events uh, at terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? Well, um, I, I'm the one person that's probably not going to Long Beach. So I uh, just uh, <laughs> could, couldn't make it happen this year. But uh, I will be here at home experiencing the FOMO. And uh, <laughs> so, but definitely get out there and check those guys out there. Uh, for me, my first trip of the year is going to be Dax, Kansas City. And uh, I will be teaching two classes there, the fundamentals of pricing your printing and fundamentals for small business growth. And that will be uh, both those classes will be on Friday, February 23rd. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, go to DaxShow.com and get registered for for the show. And uh, and for all of those classes, there's some great educators out there. Um, and then I'm still working on uh, finalizing the details, uh, but I will be actually at the Impressions Atlantic City show. Uh, I guess when I say will, I'm, I'm sounding certain uh, we've we've come to an, an arrangement in in communication. I'm still waiting for the contract. So like I, Eric always talks about, I guess there's not ink to paper yet, but uh, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I've always wanted to support them and we were able to figure out how to make that happen. So uh, details coming on that. Uh, we already talked about the book. Um, so I just, again, appreciate everybody's support and uh, and everybody that's uh taking a chance and, and got a copy of it and looking forward to uh, more feedback. I already got some feedback on the Amazon page that I'm very uh, proud of and appreciate very much. Um, and then uh, last but not least for me is uh, continuing to do the OSG live each weekday morning. Uh, we have a, a group of four of us that uh, has kind of been dubbed the fab four. I think it's more uh, around the ladies than me, but uh, Tanya Deutscher, my wife, Kylie Montgomery, Becky Kotzer and myself, we, uh, dig into a bunch of mindset stuff that uh, uh, Tanya and Kylene really focus on what they call the wellness toolbox. And uh, Becky and I are focusing on what we call the uncommon mindset. So uh, been, been a lot of fun and uh, really good episodes. And you can catch all of those at live OSG. Um, and then that takes you to our YouTube channel. Or if you want to catch the live version, again, go to live OSG and then uh, be there at 7 a.m. on Wednesday, uh, Central Time, Center of the Universe Time, as Terry says. So <laughs> just kidding, Terry. Um, and then as far as Eric, uh, he's got some stuff coming up here. So I'll share that real quick. Um, and, and I believe this is right. Eric is all, all good here. Okay. Thank you. Um, he, so today the take up is, uh, another try. They're gonna make it happen here. Episode 178 stitches by the numbers. Um, I always think stitches for, never mind. Um, stitches by the numbers. <laughs> Those <darn> snitches. <laughs> Those darn snitches. All right. Uh, um, sorry, Eric. Uh, I, I digress. I'm back, back to it. Episode 178 stitches by the number. In this episode, he's going to discuss the critical numbers and variables that make stitches look the way they do. I love when he gets into the weeds with this stuff because you can just see the passion he has for it. Um, if you wonder why he talks so much about measurements, figures, 
and counts. You're going to get the full explanation today. So if you head over to Eric Campbell, E-R-I-C-H Campbell.com and you click on that tick up tab at the top, you can uh, join in on that episode plus get all uh, previous 177 episodes. I mean, we've got uh, collegiate level information happening over there. You guys can watch uh, for free at ericcampbell.com. So check that out. Um, he's also going to be teaching the embroidery technique toolkit workshop with Justin Armenta and Joe Kramer at the Impressions Expo in Long Beach, California. Uh, if you want to learn how to break the rules, create elevated 3D puff embroidery and captivate customers specialized stitching, this is your class. Uh, check out these three amazing gentlemen for uh, basically have this session where it's three back-to-back -back sessions. Sounds really cool. And uh, it's going to be followed then by a digitizing office hours. I, I love that concept too, where it's a collaborative, right? You get in there, you ask questions, you get, get everything you need. I mean, what a wonderful opportunity. So uh, check that out on January 18th. And uh, uh, like me with Atlantic City, the, the folks over impressions are pretty knee deep in the... Uh, <laughs> in the long beach side of things so uh once that kind of wraps up more details on atlantic city will be coming soon and yes justin you get to break the rules we're we've given you the thumbs up <laughs> uh all right last thing uh for eric here is dax is coming up uh so february 24th eric will be teaching their vintage values in machine embroidery and digitizing details so uh make sure you go check out daxshow.com to get signed up for his classes as well so there we go. I think uh, that covers us for for that. Uh, shall we uh, do a little secret sauce here? I, I think it's time for you to share some secret sauce. All right. Let's do it. All right, you guys. So secret sauce here today is becoming a goal getter. And the idea of becoming a goal getter, I know it seems just like a fun play on words, um, but I know I've seen so many people out there kind of striving and just wanting to do something a little bit more. And then we never reach it. Right. I, I've been there. And, and I've actually this year alone have heard lots of people say to me that they didn't want to actually set any New Year's resolutions or goals because they they just don't really believe in it anymore. Right. And, and again, I get it. I spent years kind of striving to be better, accomplish more and, and just grind it out till I got there. And ultimately, I, ne I never got there, right? I, I got discouraged too. I was almost in that camp of, I just don't believe in it anymore. But I was fortunate that I was taught the difference between a goal setter and a goal getter. And so for this helping of the secret sauce, I want to share that secret with you. I, I want to give you the main differences. And then uh, if you're ready for more of the nuanced strategies, certainly reach out to me at consultaaron.com. But First, uh, let me start with this. And, and you guys have probably heard of this because I do like to talk about it a bit. But if, have you heard of Quitter's Day? Uh, the fitness app Strava has determined from their data that uh, Quitter's Day has kind of been labeled the day that most people give up on their New Year's resolutions. And I know I've shared this before, but still just thinking about it just blows my mind that Quitter's Day, when most people give up on our New Year's resolutions, is two weeks into the new year, right? We're basically on it uh, for those two weeks, right? So if you're somebody that has a regular gym habit, these first two weeks of January have been heck because there's all these new people in the way. It's super crowded. Next week, it will start getting less crowded. In fact, it'll probably come back to normal pretty darn quick because those folks that are the new people that just showed up, they just kind of 
are expecting to get there on willpower and kind of this hollow wish to get in better shape, right? So being a goal getter is what makes the difference, right? We have to make that habit that I just mentioned. And so there's four main differences. The, the four main differences from my vantage point that I've learned is a goal setter first is very vague in their desire, right? They say things like, I want to lose some weight or in a business context, they might say, I want to increase my revenue. You know, very vague ideas, very, very worthy ideas, but very vague. So for example, in the business concept there, I want to increase my revenue. If I hand you an extra dollar that you would have not otherwise received, you just increased your revenue, right? At that point, your subconscious brain goes, see, that slight increase, we're good. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back to stasis and it's going to stop providing you with the motivation that you need to keep going, right? To keep increasing your revenue. A goal getter with a G on the other side, they instead are exceptionally precise with their defined goal, right? So they say things like, I will increase my revenue to earn a million dollars or more by December 21st, 2024 at 613 PM center of the universe time. See, that that level of precision, now your subconscious and that internal motivation that you get from it, right, it, it doesn't stop until you've achieved that objective, You're, you that, that objective that you specifically stated. So that's number one. Number two, goal getter, goal setter, excuse me, has many, many, many goals, right? I, I'm going to do this. I also need to do that. And then I'm going to do something else that makes me look important. And then I need to do this for my family. And then uh, I've got this goal for my community and, and I'm going to do this other thing for me and so on and so on and so on. Right. You get it. We've, we've all been there. Right. Again, I understand we are driven people who want to do something. We want to leave a mark. We want to support our families. We want to make a difference. Right. So we have all these goals that we want. We rethink our goals that we want. But we think the only way to do those things, to leave a mark, to support our families is to tackle everything all at once. Right. We want this instant gratification. So we're going to do it all. But a goal getter on the other side, they realize the opposite of that is actually true. The only way to leave a mark, support our families, make a difference, all those things, is to focus on one thing at a time. And they start from the inside out and they make the most important thing the most important thing. And then once that ball begins to roll and has some momentum, then you can also work on the other things. But a lot of times it's all about... Um, getting the momentum going, right? The, the saying Rome was not built in a day, it really applies here because that lack of focus on what is most important to accomplish from that place, it will be very hard to accomplish anything because you got too many balls up in the air, right? And so Rome wasn't built in a day, meaning per persistent along the way, persistence, keep going, right? And so we, we got to get very focused so we can have that persistence. All right, third difference, we're almost through it here. It, goal setter will focus entirely on the end result, right? So back to the health goal, I need to lose 20 pounds, right? And then we, we have that as our goal. And then day one, I didn't lose 20 pounds. And we start because we're focused solely on that end result. Our internal voice starts telling us how much of a failure we are, right? I, or that I will increase my revenue. On day one, the money's not rolling in because of one little action that you tried. Therefore, might as well get up, right? That, that's what's going on inside of us. A goal is actually meant to be a magnet, not the focus of the process. So a goal getter, they know that they have to break down their goal into as many small actionable steps as possible and focus on those small steps and only 
you know, you'll, you'll hear the, the sports stars say, oh, you, you know, I love the process, the journey, all that stuff. Well, th that's true, right? See, the actions actually unlock clues to the next action. So with a revenue goal, that first action might not have anything to do with making more sales. Maybe first you need to find an organization to support or a networking group to join or, or just plain and simple asking somebody for help, right? That could be the first step in your process. But if you're only focused on the end goal, you'll never make that first step. And then the final difference is goal setters tend to keep their goals hidden, right? They're, they're, our goals are super secret. <laughs> There's no, uh, we're not going to tell anybody about it. And typically that's because of fear. And that fear drives us to hide those goals. And maybe they're afraid that if they share their goals, people might ridicule them, think it's too big, or maybe it's too small or whatever label that your internal critic is going to put into that, right? Or maybe the fear is that you tell, tell somebody and you share that goal and somebody else is going to steal your good idea. We talked about that earlier in the show. Not, th those are all just excuses from keeping you from reaching your goal, right? Uh, but a goal getter, they share their goals with others. They understand success is a team sport. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my book here is a great example of this. It, it's a goal I achieved and I'm proud of achieving that goal, but I'm not proud internally. I'm proud because so many people were willing to support me and that, that meant the world to me, right? There were plenty of times that the invert, internal voice was telling me to quit, you know, just saying, why you, what, what, what gives you the right, right? But I knew that I'd made a commitment to people that I care about, the OSG community, the regulators here, and I had to push forward with that. So the resources also show up when you share your goal too, right? So back to the book, as I mentioned, the artwork for this thing is from Dane Clement. I told Dane what my goal was. I told him where I was struggling and he said, hey, let me help you with that, right? And there we go. Now I'm proud of that, right? I'm super proud to have a great friend that is got his artwork featured on the cover of my book, right? That would have never happened if I kept my goals a secret. So I'm going to close this up with this. What is your number one goal for 2024? Share it, share it out loud, right? Share it in the comments, whatever that is, share it. If you need help becoming a goal getter, do not hesitate to reach out. And I hope that each and every one of you become a goal getter this year. And then you are sharing the same passion I have for setting and achieving goals. So here, here's a little bit of a napkin for you. We got a little secret sauce on your, your chin there, but uh, I hope you enjoyed this serving of the secret sauce as much as I enjoyed delivering it. Here we go. We're out. <laughs>
he still made our show better than it, it, it could be. So, uh, Eric, thank you very much. Um, so next week, uh, you guys will be in Long Beach, but uh, I will be talking with Mike Scranton from Adobe, uh, actual Adobe corporate there. And he's going to be joining us to discuss uh, the Adobe world of graphics, AI, and, and how Adobe is looking at the apparel world when it comes to the users of their products. So I'm excited to... Uh, to have a chat with Mike, uh, Dane actually may even pop in too. I, I'm like, gosh, I got to have our guy with me. Um, so <laughs> ask some of the questions there, but so we're, we're efforting cause Dane's going to be there in Long Beach too. So he might have to come, come live from the hotel room, but we'll see how that goes. So yeah, uh, that's absolutely. next week guys. All right. Fantastic. Until then I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And that was the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out! <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.